State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're headed down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's good, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets and politics meet. I am going to be a grandma. Jima. <laughs> I'm going to be a grandma. You don't want to be a Jima? I'm going to be a grandma. A grandma, Jima. I'm a G-pop. I'm going to be a grandma. My child is having a baby. Uh, they are five months pregnant. And I am really, really excited. And Grandma, Tarika, my child is, uh, how old is Tariq? He's 23. You know, I always think at their age, nobody's ready for kids. But I don't even know, like, if you're ever really ready. That's that's the thing, right? Like, I, when I 
had my son. I was 22. I was 22. I was much younger. I was 18. Yeah, so he beat you. Well, you know, and I, so I am, I, I would love for him to follow a more traditional route. What is traditional route? What is that? Of having his career completely off the ground. So that's the traditional route? Does that actually happen? Well, it's traditionally what we want. Okay, but I'm saying, what is the likelihood that that actually happens? Well, I'm just saying, that's what we try to encourage. Like, every family tells the young people, wait until you get your career together, you travel, you you know, you see the world, you have multiple experiences, and then you have children. We but all, the reality is that people don't do that. I'm not saying they do. I'm just talking about what I would like to have happened for him. You know, that he would be in a different situation. And also for um, the the mom, who I also love very much. And, you know, I wish that that was more of their situation. Because I always feel like when we're young and we're in our 20s, we really should be enjoying life. Because, you know, having children is hard. Like, it's no uh, joke. It's, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a life-changing thing. I think, in, in theory, what you're saying is, like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. What I think, in reality... When men have babies, I don't know. What, I've never been a woman, so I can't speak for women, so I'm never going to try to. But I know when I had my son at 22 years old, it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of motivation. Mm-hmm. It made me say, okay, I got to do things a lot different. I got to be very much more intentional. I can't really play around. And it gives you the motivation to do more and be better and be more adult-like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I hear the whole thing about, oh, we want to be in a career. But that, that's a traditional thing. For families, and I think that's a well-to-do ideology. I well, think ideology part, maybe, yeah, but I don't even like think it will. Because most fam- e- even in families where they have money or they come from, you know, yeah. you know, whatever the pedigree is, the right mix, um, still the kids pop up pregnant, and you just got to do what you have yeah. to do. And I get it, you know. I'm just saying that. I think every family, and particularly moms, because we know the struggles of having to, like, you you don't get to separate with your child at all. And we know it. So it's like when we see, um, you know, younger people having kids and it, it sort of takes you back to a time when it was a real struggle. And I feel like, damn. But at the same time, my son is a provider. He always has been. He's not the type of person that will turn his back or, you know, or not be available to his child because he does it for his whole family. I'm thinking Sharon. Now, this is Sharon is uh, what she, I don't know. Sharon's like almost 60 or something like that. She's a, a, a woman who is mature, my sister. And for some reason, my son still buys her food. I have no idea, like, why he's feeding her. and But he does it. And, you know. He's a, he's a man. Yeah, that's yeah. Man I mean, he's wanna, like, that's her guy. Yeah. So, you know. So, listen, I think I think congratulations to you. Congratulations, uh, Tariq. I think Tariq is going to be a good father. And it's a girl, yeah. right? It's a girl. So, you're going to have a, a little girl. girl that you can spoil yeah. and. You know, and do whatever I don't know you want about to do. the spoiling part. Man. Nobody knows about. <laughs> listen to me. You say that, and I remember the first time I seen my grandson, and he just was like, you know, he's the most speak. adorable little boy. And every time I get a chance, I buy him something, and I want to spoil him and hold him. They moved to Connecticut, so it's a lot harder for me to see him as I want to. But before that, I used to go visit him every other day. So you, it's different when you become a G pop. Listen, Kassan, Kassan has very good parents. 
both his mother and his father, Cindy and Nasson, your son and, and Kassan's mom, they are very good parents. So one thing I will say is that you see the transition again, like generationally, you see the transition of men like yourself, mothers like me, because we dealt with the crack era, right? So mm -hmm. what happened was there was a pocket of like lost kids yeah. because the parents was all messed up and the kids got all messed up. And now that you kind of have that cleared up a little bit, you see these younger people who are having children, especially since they're not 18 and 19, like it was, you know, when they're 15 and 14, because that's how young some of my sistren, you know, my friends, they were that age when they had their children because, again, their parents were out, whatever was going on, yeah. and they ended up getting pregnant. And so, you know, you have, you know, you have basically a situation where now with these 20-something-year-olds, a lot of them, they're starting to settle down a little bit more and take care of their children. And then on top of that, their grandparents like you, you know, like your, your, um, your, what do I say? Excuse me. Let me go back so we don't get that messed up. Okay. Like Kassan's grandmother, who uh, are really involved and trying to help provide some level of guardrails. I don't know where this mindset came from that we don't have to do that. Like, oh, I, you know, it's not on me. I don't have to help take care of the kids. That doesn't actually work. And that's why I'm sticking with grandma. I'm sticking with grandmother. I know so grandma. Yeah, grandma's cute. Well, you're not, you don't look like the traditional grandma. I think that's what it is. I think people have evolved and tried to change the name because it more it's more culturally fitting, right? Because right. the grandmothers, our grandmothers didn't look like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody said, this is my grandma. So it, it's, it's a different ideology and different concept. So they want to show the evolution of it. But I guess... You well, wanted to be no, traditional. Listen, you want to be just a traditional grandma. Listen, I love Glamma. I love Gigi. I love Mima. I love all of those things. But I think that there is something to be said. You know, and I, I try to be reflective. And as I sit and think about the breakdown of our communities, because damn it, there is a breakdown. We are in the midst of a internal and external war. And I'm trying to, as a reflective individual who does look different, and I try to do that in every area of my life and my career, everything I do, is to show that you can be fly, you can, you know, look good, be up with the trend, have your own style, do all that you want to do, and still be actively engaged in fighting for your community, be a responsible individual, be somebody that's working on your spiritual healing and all of that. And that's why I'm sticking with grandma because I feel like there's a lot of glammies and all of those beautiful names, but there is also a space for us to restore what grandmothers, grandma, regular grandma, what that looks like. And so I want to know what people out there think. Like, do folks in the world think I'm being extra or do you all agree and understand why grandma means so much? You know, Teslin um, wrote on my page uh, the other day when I announced that I'm about to be a grandma. She was talking about the word grand and how important just mm -hmm. grand in and of itself is. And for me, that's a legacy piece. So I'm sticking with grandma. All right. Well, I'm a G-pop. I love G-pop, you know though. It's cool. But the thing is, it's still the same thing because the G is just the abbreviation for grand. Yeah. So we it's it's still traditional. You it's still just my, It's just my little my little flavor that I like to, you know, I, I just feel like I want to evolve the name. I want to add a little something. Yeah, little spice. You know, but I, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say anybody who does no, it is no, wrong. No. 
I'm just saying what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody doing what they're doing. Let's get into these news. Uh, so much news. <laughs> the news is kind of just the news updates um, and what's happening across the the nation. So first of all, I'm really proud of our friend, attorney Benjamin Crump. Um, just this past weekend, we attended attended the Tribeca Film Festival where his film was featured. Civil is the name of it. On June 19th, it will be released on Netflix. Um, and right now it's in the film festivals. This week, actually today, um, it will also be featured during the African-American Film Festival in Miami, which we will attend. Um, the film is incredible. People talk so much bullshit about Attorney Crump. But after watching this film, and we know him. We work with him every day. I see Crump all the time. I talk to him at 5 in the morning. I'm there when he's trying to sleep a little bit in the middle of the day. He's standing up, sleeping. I've seen him through so for, for years. Since Trayvon Martin, I've known Ben Crump. And I've watched him grow. I've watched him slim down. I've watched him work on his craft. And um, no, But after seeing the film, you can't say nothing to me about Ben Crump. I mean, you couldn't say that to me before this, but I think the film delves into so many different things. It delves into his purpose. It delves into his upbringing. It, it shows you the, the the complexity of his life. Yeah. His family. His family. family how much they, his wife is so supportive. You know what I'm saying? Because he's never there. Talking about his family. Talking about his friends. You know, my guy, Big Silky. Silky you know, Slim. It gives you, Silky is somebody that... He's been with Trump, Crump Triple for years. OG. Triple OG. And when you understand his history and you understand how Crump has him with him. And Every look, day. Exactly. And then you look at different cases that you don't even know that Crump is working on yeah, and how man. he's engaged. You know, and then when you, you, you hear the criticism, he even puts it in it. Oh, yeah. well, if you love it, why are you doing it for money? And, and his response to it is so real so real but basically i mean i don't know if we're supposed to tell it because people need to watch it but i think it needs to be said because you know the critics they'll watch us and then say uh and then never go watch the film and i think that that even if you are a critic of someone especially if you black and you claim you love black people and you're a critic of someone and they have a documentary a book or something out you can't be a authentic critic unless you, know, you read it and try to understand more about who that person is so that you can know is it is it firsthand knowledge is this exactly you know what is is my interpretation real or is this what i heard somewhere or just what i think because of, of based upon me seeing this person for a few seconds so if you are a real critic of Ben Crumbs, you should be more than willing to sit down and watch this documentary that, again, when he's asked about the money, he talks about how the Civil Rights Division, which are the cases that he fights across the country, they are, that is the least paid or the high, the least earning department within his law practice. He makes the most money from personal injury, from suing these major companies when they are discriminating against, you know, employees. On the civil rights side, people see these big cases, Breonna Taylor, $12 million, George Floyd's family, $27 million, which by the way, when they give you a graph of all the cases, those are the high, the two highest paid. The rest of them, Trayvon Martin, one, $1 million or $2 million, somebody, $1 million, $2 million. And he just, it just started to get to the point where they are able to get that type of money and that's for a, these and victims. And that's, that's a testimony to the work he's Absolutely. Right? Because they're, they're making sure that these 
the government pays you because he's built up a reputation, right? He's he's able to garner enough attention. He's get, able to call people like us and other you know organizers and civil rights people around this world call on leaders, call on uh, to help athletes, bring attention, to bring attention right. in which the government can't ignore, right? right. So exactly. that they can't just say, you know, oh, we did this to George Floyd. We're just gonna give you two million dollars, and y'all figure that out. No, because they, they, they know that the world would be outraged. That's right. So he's able to to make those things happen. So because he's put this work in for 20 plus years, he's built himself up to a position to where he is an asset to somebody else's family. That's right. And, and, and therefore, he makes himself an asset to himself. So I don't understand the, like, I've never understood the criticism. I think people You think, can criticize anybody you want. No, but I, I mean. Critique I, is fine. Critique is fine. But it's I, hate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For me, it's like, I don't understand why we have no problem with the white lawyers and all of them. They get Please. paid. Hundreds of thousands. You know how you know how many these white lawyers is taking. Do you know how much um, young thug and them lawyers is getting paid? Pay for white you know how they paying millions of dollars. They, right. By the time you you finish with these white lawyers, if you was in the street and you got millions of dollars, they cleaning you dry. Right. And they not and you not going home. That's they're right. Taking, Maybe not. They're right. taking your money and they they making you say, okay, we gonna we just making sure you don't get life. You are gonna get right. twenty five years. And most of them is cleaning you out. Right. So a man who is is fighting and he's getting you a settlement and getting a piece, he ain't taking nothing from you. He's getting, he's getting a percentage <laughs> of, of what he fought to get you. That's right. These people is just taking what you already got and they're getting you nothing. That's right. But you have an issue with us being that you have an issue with the black people being able to be compensated. It's just, it's just. I don't think anybody really should be working for free. Period. At all. I think that is uh, crazy. I don't know where it came from, but I personally, I do not ascribe to it, and I will not. And that's just the bottom line for that. That's a fact. So next thing. It, oh well. So anyway, back to Crump. Congratulations. Congrats, great, Crump. Great, 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 great film. Um. So a college student is missing, and this story has me tripped out because our director Kathleen Trigg of iWoman TV. Um, is the person who brought the story to us. I had no idea it happened. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can't even deal with the news. It's like every time I turn the TV on, I want to... Um, so this college student, her name is TJ. She's her mom's only child. She was in her final semester of college. She met a woman online. Lord have mercy. We meet people it's online. Right. I just don't know why we meet people online. I don't know why we make physical re- online relationships. Like, keep it online. You know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, people that I've met online, they come to our events and then yeah, we end up meeting them. I ain't going to your and, house. But I'm, I'm not meeting you, you by myself. Me. I'm not getting on no bus. Man, no Jesus Christ, poor baby. So she was making some posters for the woman. I'm, a, I'm going to assume the woman had some type of cause that she was interested in. She was making posters for this woman and she traveled to D.C. I, you know, of course, there's many details in between. But she traveled to D.C., uh, to do something for this woman. And she went missing. It's been over a month. Um, she took the bus, got off on Union State at Union Station in D.C. She went missing. No one has seen her. On June 1st, which was about a month later, she calls from Maryland from a hair salon um, and calls her mom and says, come and get me now. She told a family member, tell my mom to come and get me now. And then the family races. Then, mind you, she's from New York. She's a New Yorker, but she ends up there in Maryland calling her mom. So her family, they race to Maryland looking for her. And, of course, by the time they got there, she was no longer there. So 
They are looking for their daughter. TJ is her name, and there's going to be more information that you will see. Um, and matter of fact, can somebody tell me what TJ's last name is? Because I, I, I lost, I, you know, I neglected to write that down. But her name is TJ. She's a college student, um, you know, and in her final semester, and she is missing. She is somewhere. Well, she traveled from New York to D.C., um, and around June 1st, she was at a salon in Maryland. So if anyone knows of, Please, has man. seen, or think they know anything. Matter of fact, let me, I think I can pull her name up quickly here. Baker. What's her name? Baker. Baker. T.J. Baker, folks. T.J. Baker. Um, T-I-J-A-E. T-I-J-A-E. Baker. Uh, and how old is she? 23-year-old young woman missing. went missing. So, folks, you know, please, we need help finding TJ. Please, any information, please reach out. You know, um, her, mother is, her mother is actually looking for her right now. She physically. Went, physically went to D.C. I heard she's actually living out her car and doesn't plan to go back home until she finds her daughter. So, yeah. please, if you have any information. So you can DM uh, at until, excuse me, DM at Street Politicians Pod. You can DM at Street Politicians Pod if you think you have any information. Uh, next in our news lineup is Wells Fargo. Now, Wells Fargo, they, they just, they're bad actors. I'm convinced at this point there's been so much in terms of discrimination, employees complaining. They were involved in the Dakota um, uh, Access Pipeline which is where the Native Americans were being displaced for a pipeline that they wanted to put in some pipes that would run straight through the Native American land. Um, there were many, into, in, including Queen Yanastaha, who is our dear sister, who's out there fighting to literally using their bodies to protect the Native land, which is sacred land. Um, and as a result of the spring, because they sprayed them, uh, law enforcement sprayed the people, they tasered them, they locked them up. They did all types of things that impacted the health of the protesters. Mm -hmm. And now Queen Yanastaha is suffering from cancer uh, and dealing with and other most, issues a and people, a lot of other individuals. In fact, there have been uh, some that have actually died uh, since the, the big protest. And Wells Fargo was one of the corporations involved in that. Uh, there have been many times where people have called for Wells Fargo to be on the canceled list. Now we find out that they were holding fake interviews for diversity candidates. So these were people who uh, were going in to be interviewed. And there's a manager there who's telling the story himself. So this is not Tamika and some other crazy people made it up and my son's just going along with it. No, sure. this is something where a manager says he noticed. So they were they were bringing these candidates in under the diversity initiative where they're supposed to be hiring. They say it's a cold word for women and people of color. Uh, so they're bringing these candidates in and they would interview them for positions. But the guy learned that his, the manager, he learned that some those positions had already been assigned to someone else. So it already been promised to another person. That's the same thing that happened with the coach in the NFL, wasn't it? Um, I forget his name, yep. but it was the coach. He was he was applying for a coaching position yep. and yep. found out they had already promised already, it to yeah, a white man. Exactly before he even went to the interview. Brian Flores. That's what that's what happened. Exactly, and um, the 
they sent him they sent him the wrong email. They sent the person who they're actually hiring, they sent them and said he got the job and he was supposed to go in the next day to be interviewed. So they were just basically interviewing him for nothing. Just to say just that to say they, they interviewed him. Exactly. Crazy stuff. Terrible. That's what we gotta deal with, man. You know, the discrimination, especially in sports, and in just so many different other arenas that we have and you see in just in major corporations. Mm-hmm. That's there's very little opportunity for us to really excel right. in these corporations, right. in these major corporations. So, you know, this is this is a microcosm of what we actually deal with, but it's actually been seen. This has been going right. on. Right. It's been going on everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's been, going, point. So it's been know, going on. Actually, we get to see it now. So then the, another thing, and this sort of gets into my thought of the day. Uh, so I'm going to, especially since we are moving quickly to get to our guests, we're trying to learn how to like stop talking for 90 hours. I love talking. Arguing Talk. about everything. Fight. So they got us on a real Challenge. time frame here, guys. I ain't with it. Uh, <laughs> I like to do it. Uh, but uh, that's okay because, you know, got to tighten it up. It's nothing wrong with getting better. That's what we're trying to do. If, you get, if it takes you a long time to say it, you might not know what you're talking about. Like that's it. what my pastor says about when you get up to speak. If you need 35, 40 minutes to give a sermon, you don't. You can't really preach. He said 20 minutes tops. People don't want to hear longer than that. I said, okay, I can work with that. So Trump, yo, let me tell you something. Trump is the best to ever do it. I'm just convinced at this point. I don't know anybody. Now, let me tell you, Obama worked the camera. He worked angles. I Let me see. I can't really, obviously, we were really young, so I can't think back to any other president, but I'm sure there are folks who are my senior who might say, well, this other president knew how to do it too. But beyond, like Obama was good at the camera. The He was he was charismatic. And he also was, um, you know, his he they were advanced where they knew how to push the internet, right? But Trump knew, they done took everything Obama knew and put a little bit of extra on it, and they are working the algorithm. They're working people's minds. They got the media cycle wrapped around their fingers, and it's just crazy. So people are asking, is he finally going down? And my answer is probably no, right? I don't think he's going down. But I do think that we need to protect uh, Benny Thompson with at all costs, the congressman who is uh, the 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 presiding count congressman, I guess. I don't know if they're calling him the presiding official over the January 6th committee. So basically this committee has been meeting. There's actual testimony going on. I know that in this week they got they had testimony from a couple of people, including folks that work directly with Trump. That was at one point like his homie them. They was all together. And then other people who um, he fired, who were like high up in the government. And these are all individuals who are saying that basically there was, they they already told him from day one that he lost the election, period. No fraud, it was, That's it. Only fraud was you. Exactly. Well, they didn't say that, that's but that's what we're saying. And then they also um, had, you know, other individuals who were experts to talk about what took place on January 6th. Now, the insurrection. Now, the two things are aligned because it is assumed, and and I guess there is some um, uh, uh, 
evidence that proves that the reason why they tried to take basically take the government in a coup is because Trump was basically implanting in these crazy people's minds that he won and that the election was stolen from him by Joe Biden and the Democrats. That is, that's the whole that thing. That was his whole premise. That was his, that's, that's what it was supposed to be all about. And therefore, all these folks got together and went to Washington, D.C. to uh, perform an insurrection. And, and, and so that's, that's how it is aligned. But if you watch and just pay close attention to the media, they will have you talking more about whether or not the election was stolen than the fact that people went into the Capitol. Took over the Capitol. Took over the Capitol and were running up walls like beat animals, beating people, beat people a woman that got herself shot, stealing mail, computers. I mean, what are we talking about? All of that happened, but they will have you talking about election the, the, the votes, fraud. The votes. The votes. If, and because that's because they're so good at what they at do spinning at spinning it and keeping people focused on the wrong thing. So my so thought of the Rich. day is, is Trump going down from all of this? No. Because people are not really... I don't even know that the government is really even taken seriously. I just don't know. I know they got a committee and it's established and laws, but it's going to take some real... I don't, excuse me. I don't know if you could say balls. I think that's like... You can say balls. No, I don't think you're supposed to say that. Some real testicular fortitude. Okay? I got that from Mr. Caracol. Some real testicular fortitude for you to be able to fight these people. Gotta fight, man, because if we don't fight, we'll have Trump back in the White House. Because he, uh, <laughs> Trump, listen. Or at least his, you uh, know, his home is bestie. He put pieces in order, man. What I'm trying to tell you, the problem with the government for me is what I've, I've learned. You know, I've heard the ballad and blood a thousand times. And, and I really, what I realize and I understand now is democracy doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a farce. It's not, it's no real reality of it, right? And the, re- the reason why is because you have a Democratic Party who just wants to encompass everybody, right? It just says, you know, hey, you want to do this? You should be equal. You this, that. And all those things are good, right? But you have a Republican Party that is set on we're going to make money and we're going to keep our country. And we're going to do that shit by any means. Mm-hmm. You have one party is willing to do something by any means. And you have another kumbaya that just want to figure out how can we make things happen. And that doesn't work. So no matter what happens, there's one party that's going to always be in control. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. 
You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So speaking of uh, boycott black murder, we have a guest on today. Now, you know, Father's Day is coming up and often with our shows, um, not not just with our shows, I take that back. Often 
folks in general, in general. talk to mothers mm-hmm. of uh, those who have lost a loved one in violent incidents, police brutality, um, the mothers, the heartstrings. We know that. Um, and I think most people are comfortable with the fact that the mothers really kind of step forward and the world wants to know when a child is lost, the mother who's bared that child, how do they feel, you know, and, and, and what is their fight and really take sort of a lot of their direction, um, you know, from the moms. The mothers have been leading the movement in many ways, but we can never lose sight of the fact that there are fathers who are equally engaged that are part of the movement for uh, for our for our people, um, especially against injustice and racial violence and and also other violent incidents. And not long ago, again, once again, Attorney Crump contacted us about another situation that took place in Boynton Beach, Florida. Now, in this situation, uh, it's very different because this is a child and. I've received a lot of calls from Crump over the years. Obviously, he called us about Breonna Taylor, and there have been other cases. Uh, uh, also, Pam Turner in Texas. Lots of cases over the years where he's reached out to say, hey, I just want to let you know this is going on, and if you all have the capacity to either get there or to do something to help uplift the family, you know, please do so. Uh, and so in this particular situation, it was the first time that he was calling about a child, 13-year-old Stanley Davis III. Um, now, Stanley Davis was killed in Boynton Beach, Florida, by a police officer by the name of Mark Sone. This man uh, basically, and we, we're going to talk to his father, which is why I mentioned Father's Day and how important the fathers are. His father, Stanley Davis Jr., is going to join us today. Now, the story is really important that people get to know the details. Because first of all, not enough folks are talking about... At all. I don't even know why. I mean, we should be outraged. The whole nation, the whole world really should know Stanley Davis III the same way that you know all the other names. The story goes that he had a dirt bike, Stanley Davis III. He had a dirt bike and had gone to the gas station. He goes inside the gas station and he comes back out and he gets on the bike, it looks like before he ever even pumps the gas, and he goes out of the station and the police car follows him and we know that the officer basically ran him off the road, that he lost control at some point of his vehicle. Now, the thing about it is that what I've heard from his father, who again will join us, is that this particular police officer, everybody knows him. And we know because we got a whole rap sheet of stuff that the man has done. Like, this is not like he's just some officer who, you know, maybe this is his first incident, not even his second, not even his third, not even his fourth, not even his fifth. This is a this is a constant thing where he somehow it's a is... It, it's, a, it's a, no, a rap sheet. That's what it is. A his, resume. His job, uh-huh. his job is actually to be causing havoc. And pretty much, he's—I would call him a serial killer. If you, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I, I'm willing to call him whatever because it is what it is. But he certainly is a repeat offender of these types of incidents. So, because we we met other families 
particularly another child who was six years old that was killed as a result of another high-speed chase where the child died in the incident. This child died as a result of a high-speed chase that did not have to happen. This is his third. This is his third incident where someone has died as a result of a high-speed chase. But let me just say, let me just say, in August... August 16th of 2022, Officer Sohn or Mark Sohn, as we, you know, we're not calling him officer anything, even though he still has not been fired. He had neglect of duty for accidentally discharging his shotgun while in the police vehicle. And let's see where October 25th of 2002, he got a verbal reprimand for the neglect of duty for failing to respond to a backup officer after advising he was en route and arrived 23 minutes late. So in other words, they're saying he just kind of went off the grid and got in trouble for doing something there that they couldn't figure out where were you. He has several document deficiencies and disciplinary issues in 2003. Again, many incidents. He uh, and and the, and the premise of all of this is that we know, based upon all of this, that Officer Shone is a racist. That's, that's what we. That's what we know. That's what so from. he got a verbal counseling for violating the communication regulation, um, in which he responded to a channel, which is the radio, by saying that he, when he was asked what was his location, he said he was at Stone Haitian Drive, which evidently was not the name. Yeah, it was, it was a racial profile. Right. It was a, a racial slur. A slur. In, two, in, in February of 2003, uh, Officer Song was counseled in, in presence of another lieutenant, several lieutenants, informing him that his performance as a probationary officer had not met the basic required standards to maintain his status as a full-time police officer. He was informed that he had two weeks to bring his deficiency. So he done been in trouble several times. And instead of them saying, you're not going to make it to be a police officer, they put him on the force. They gave him two weeks, put him on the force. And anyway, the point is that this goes on and on and on. It goes down to Jaden Reardon. This is the, at the time he was five years old, this young boy, where he was, uh, Officer Sohn, or Mark Sohn, was conducting a high-speed pursuit. The vehicle that he was pursuing struck this child, and the child was killed. Because, again, he's chasing people down. And then, at the end, they found out that he should have never been chasing the person in the first place. In 2017, uh, another man, Patrick McFadden, was pulled over in Broward County and was surrendering when Mark Sohn ordered a dog to attack him. And there are pictures that we will show of this man all, uh, 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 you know, bruised up or whatever by th- this dog that attacked him. So this man has several incidents, racial slurs. He has, he's, he doesn't follow instructions. They were they weren't gonna let he he didn't make the requirements to become a police officer. They kept him on the force all of this time. He's killed multiple people, and now there's a 13-year-old boy, Stanley Davis III, who has been killed. And his dad said everybody in the community knew him. Everybody, he's been doing this for 20 years. Everybody knows his officer. In our community, they're coming to terrorize the community. And they're dirty cops. They're not good. They're not community police. They're not liked by the police. They target the people in the community. And he seems to be one of those. Well, he's he's definitely. So we're joined today uh, by Stanley Davis Jr. 
Uh, we are, as we are again talking about Father's Day, and of course, there's a lot of great stuff that we say during Father's Day. We want to celebrate and highlight, but we have to remember that there are fathers that are hurting deeply because they can't, they could not be there to protect their children uh, and to protect them from this brutal system. And so today, we want to say to you, um, Happy Father's Day. Uh, you still deserve that as, uh, you know, a, 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 our community reaching out to tell you that you are loved, that your family is loved and supported. Uh, but we know that you are grieving very, very deeply. Uh, and we thank you for coming to be a guest on Street Politicians today. Welcome, uh, Stanley Davis Jr. You know, we, we always trying to remember which one is the third, which one is Jr., and what we know you are, Stanley Davis Jr. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so. so how are you feeling yeah. today, man? How you, how you know? I know Father's Day coming up, you know, and this traumatic experience, and you still fighting just to get the average, basic justice for your son. Like, how are you feeling? Now, I'm not feeling good. Yesterday, I had an outbreak in my house. I tore up so much stuff yesterday. It's like. No day is pleasant. I, I haven't been happy since the incident happened. Like, I don't have happy days. You know, Father's Day, like holidays, I no longer celebrate any holidays. It would always be me and him, like, no matter what was going on, what day it was, like, he was with me. I done had him with me since birth. So, you know, I've fed him every meal he ever had. You know, every event he ever been to, you know. Every diaper ever been changed, every body ever had, it always been me and him. So now it's just like, I don't have that anymore. So it's like, you know, I don't look forward to anything. Me waking up is hard. I pray that I don't wake up. You know, I just want the pain to end. I just want to get it over with. Uh, you know, being a father, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, I actually have three sons and I just, I couldn't even imagine that pain. So I'm just saying, you know, that. I definitely feel for you, and um, and even though I never experienced, I could just identify with what it would even remotely feel like. But um, the fact that we still haven't seen justice, this has happened about a year ago. No, it's, it's December I mean, 26th, December, my fault. the this day happened, after Christmas. This is the day after Christmas. Yeah, it's been about six months. Yeah. It's been about six months, and um, we still haven't seen any justice. Mark Stone is still on the payroll. You know, what do you, what would you like to see happen right now? Yeah, I really don't want my thoughts, but, you know, I can give you the, the bare minimum, you know, for him to be fired, hopefully arrested, but my thoughts is way greater than that. So tell, tell me what you think, I mean, you know, and I know from a legal perspective, first of all, you weren't there, so you can't really say what happened or what didn't happen. Because you were not there, but you but you know based upon video footage and also based upon uh, the uh, the witnesses, and then of course your own experience with this same officer and him terrorizing your community. You pretty much have put together the details, and your lawyers have of what you we all believe happened that day. Give us your understanding. Um, and, and then, yeah, go ahead. Give us your I can pretty much tell you what happened. The individual that my son was at the gas station with, my son just left his house 
Um, he went in to pay for gas, but prior to him going in, he noticed the police were circling the, the gas station. So you can see he went in, he gave that guy the money. That's one of his, my friends and, you know, one of the guys he ride with. So my son, he was trying to pretty much get in and go. And that's why he, you can see he didn't get a teller the money, he gave the guy the money. He came outside and noticed that the officer was going to pursue him. So as you said, like, he never got the gas. He just was trying to go. Um, prior to that incident, you know, he stated about the police officer already, you know, causing havoc on some of the kids that he was with. But anyways, back to saying what happened, my brother actually called me when it was happening, asked me where I was at. I said, now, I just left my house. I'm going to get something to eat. Because my, my son, literally 10 minutes after my son leaves, this incident happened. You know, I was at my mom's house. And um, he asked me, he said, well, what else they got on? I said, blue jean, black shirt. He said, man, the police chasing us, say, man. So my brother witnessed the whole thing happen. That's why it's like, I, I know what happened. And, mm. you know, um, I got there. Only person was there was my brother, Officer Song, and another officer just came. And the ambulance was just riding. So I literally got there two minutes after it happened. And... Um, mm. When I got there, my son was, you know, um, from what they determined, he was deceased. You know, the ambulance didn't read him in the aid. They didn't try to do anything for him. I even asked him, like, you guys going to help him? They just shook their head and walked away. So my brother was telling, you know, the other officer ahead, what ahead, happened. Ahead, my brother was telling the other officer what happened because my brother was witness it. You know, my brother was on, that, on, a, on Federal Highway helping someone that he knows. And witness the whole pursuit and everything. So you're telling us that you arrived and you saw your son there deceased, or they told you he was deceased, but you saw him physically. Yeah, physically I was there. I touched him there. I got there before the ambulance. The ambulance was pulling up when I was pulling up. What was uh, Mark Stone doing? He was standing next to his vehicle with just like his hand on his like a belt line. He was just standing there looking stupid. My brother was going off on him, stating, man, this is shit kind of shit you always do. You've been doing this. You know what you was doing. And, you know, pretty much he was just standing there. He didn't win the A. He didn't do anything. He was just standing there. So you're saying that... You didn't mean not to do nothing stupid. Yes. Yeah. I, I can imagine. So days before, your son told you that the officer... He put it on social media. Wow. That he, they were scared of, I can't get in his phone because I don't, you know, have his, his stuff. So, you know, I couldn't go back to his archive and retrieve it. But he had just put a post up about it. Uh, it was a, a friend of his. The mom spoke up after it. Uh, matter of fact, I think the little boy, he just came. But I ain't... They was, well, some of his friends just came to get in the pool. And he was one of the ones that, that, that same officer who hit him off the bike and what on, the only thing that saved him from not getting ran over because the bike and the sidewalk, you know, was stuck in between the car, so he was able to get up and run. And Mark Song was chasing him with a firearm. Kid, 13, 14-year-old kid. Little kids. So is there an image? Like, do you have a screenshot of your son, what he said on his social media? No. Nah, nah, you know, they oh, put it in the story, and after 24 hours, it, 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 it erased from the story. But oh, if I wow, got on okay. Phone, I could have went in his archive, you know, and to see. Retrieved, uh, yeah. 
Wow, but he had just said that the officer was messing with them. Right. And you you're saying this officer has history. Talk about that. Yeah, history. He's been terrorizing this community. Like you say, you got an incident where him sicking the dog on people, uh constantly beat people. As you can see, his file, like Cyrus did. I know him personally. He chased him, you know, made him wreck out him. If you got an IA report, he pretty much stated that the guy did nothing wrong. He just did it to do it. And um the Jaden Reed case, like I know his parents well and well, Mark Stone was chasing the man with the residential area right, right, right across from the school where the incident happened. He had no regard for uh, our community. Like, like you say, he raised it. And it's it's evident. You got his file and his report, and you can see everything that he do is towards Black people mm. or Haitian mm. minorities. It's, it's never Caucasian. That's really crazy. And I'm quite, it's no community that I know or go to that there's no white. While the white men target the same way he's targeting the black, and it's evident the city of Boynton Beach they see it, they know what's going on, but then it's like they're okay with it. I feel like when you go to it's anywhere across America, you go in a poverty stricken area, that's where all the police brutality happened at, that's where mm -hmm. all the, the injustice happened at because they feel like you have no financial means, you have no voice. Uh, here it is, like me and Ashley, when the incident happened, my mom still there. We don't live there. I live in a, in a different part of the town. And in my community, where, where the kids would be riding the bike, the police would call me, hey, man, you know, tell them to put the bikes up there after 5 o'clock. They live in the city of Boynton Beach, but it just goes to show you how you're being handled when you're in, let's just say, fancy the ghetto, for an example. You're being handled in police different. In those cities, they, they allow that to happen. And I, and I said something about, um, you know, at the um, Q&A we had with the police department. If why allow this individual to terrorize the community for so many years, if you guys are not poor, you, you could easily transfer him somewhere else in the city. But you know that's not tolerated elsewhere in that city. If you go outside of the ghetto, you, you fall in a different uh, income category, which means those individuals got the financial means to to go at it with the police or to vent, to fend their child. To fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over there, it don't happen. So, you know, the city's at fault as well. Not only in the city, because they're allowed. Like you said, you see seen five for over 20 years. And right, there hasn't right. been a time period where he don't have a break. And that's just the things that he was caught doing. Imagine all the things he got away with. Doing. Right. That's, that's right. Thing. That's right. So what is, what is the status of the case right now? You know, they're not giving us any details about anything, but, you know, I've been talking. They're pretty much saying they're going to pretty much terminate them. But that's, 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 that's no victory for me. Well, because he needs to be charged with murder. That's right. He definitely needs to be charged with the murder of your son. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just feel like, I don't know, man. I, I can't really shut my thoughts, but, you know. I mean, I, well, listen, I understand. I've been working with families for over 20 years and everything you feel is okay. You know, it's it's okay for you to feel all those emotions. Um, you know, this is, it's un, it's unfathomable. Like I just, you know, wow. And and what is worse, it's not even so much that, which 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 is terrible that he killed your son, but we know they kill black people. This happens. What is 
unbelievable is that he hasn't just been terminated. That should have happened already before he even got to uh, Jaden, right? So before he killed the last child, there was enough on him to take him off the force. And yet he has still, he's that, that there are several litigations happening at the same time. He's in court for multiple things at once with different families. That is ridiculous. And if something had been done about his behavior prior in, in previous years, in fact, when they first said that they did not feel at that point that he had done all needed to become a police officer, if they would have looked at his infractions at that time and stopped him from becoming a cop, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. And so it is just, I don't know the word to describe how unbelievable this is. It's disgusting, man. You know, just that we're having this conversation, you know, around Father's Day. Right. Know? That that really bothers me, being a father, you know, actually meeting this man and hearing his passion and, and, and being able to tell how much he really loved his son. And how much you know his mom and I mean Shannon, his mom, she's a warrior queen. This young, this young king had two parents who loved him. That's right. You know, and they and they did the right things. You know, they were raising their child the right way. They do, they were doing the right things, and they have to be able to deal with these things and not get any level of justice. You know, is disgusting. And I just want to tell you, my heart goes out to you, brother. I understand. You know, and we're gonna be fighting with you. You know, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to utilize our voices, our platforms, everything we can, man, to try to make sure that justice is served for you. And, you know, as a final question, I just really want to ask you, you know, just listening to that, trying to just run it back in my mind, you know, we, we, we don't hear, like she said, a lot of times we don't hear the stories of a lot of fathers. Right. And when you seen when when this happened to you, did you ever did this was it something that you even fathomed like looking back, you seen Trayvon Martin, you seen what was happening to Breonna Taylor. Like when you when you seen that, did you ever fathom in your mind that this could actually be me? Mm. Right? And then and then after you didn't fathom it's a two two part, I don't want to cut you off, but after you just couldn't think about it, when you in it does it give you a different sense of responsibility? Do you wish that before this had happened that you've been more vocal? Like, how does that play out? Like, far like I never fathomed this happening to me. Far me being vocal, I always been vocal in my community. That's why I feel like my community mm. behind me. I defend and I stand mm. up for everyone. I don't care, black, white, Spanish, Haitian, make me no different. If I feel they're being wrong, I'm gonna voice my opinion. Or I'm a step forward, or I, and my like you know my community. No, I help everyone all across the board, and um, I never fathomed this happening to me. And like if I if I felt like this, I would have never allowed him to be out, you know. And it's just mm-hmm. sad because within the last like year or so, I finally let him start going out. I always keep him in the neighborhood, but it's like you know I was telling his mom he's not a baby anymore. Like you know he got to find his way, and you know. I don't want to hold his hand and stop him from being a kid. At his age, I was all over the place. So it's like, you know, I had just start allowing him to go out because I feel, I always fear getting a phone call saying something happened to one of my kids. And I will always tell his mom, that's why, you know, 
I was raising him. Like, you know, no discredit to his mom, but I just felt like I could protect and provide for her better than his mom. And, you know, she felt the same way about it. Like, so I have another son, and I, my kids was my world. Like, you know, I always mm-hmm. shield them, making sure nothing happened to them, you know, making sure that they got what they needed, they were what they needed to be. Always with me because I felt like, like I could protect them. You know, and, and I know you said it was a final question. And it's just just listening to you and knowing that, because I, I talk to people. We came down for the, the two or three occasions where we've been there with your family. We have talked to individuals and we know how active you are in your community. People are saying they cannot believe this happened to you because they already knew you to be someone who was out there in the community with the people. And that goes to show that it no none of us are exempt. It could be any one of us at any time, including us as the adults, our children, our seniors, any one of us at any time that is a victim of this uh, this system of, of white supremacy, of racism, of tyranny, of terrorism that our, our people deal with. And I heard you say that you feel like you failed. I want to tap into that, right? Because so many of, of our fathers feel like they weren't able to be there to stop something from happening. And I just want to tap into that feeling that you are experiencing and then just get you to to, to tell the community what is it that your family needs? Going back to feeling that I felt him, when he was born, I hold him in my hand and I told him I would always be there to protect him. And as he was going through school and things of that nature, I would tell him, this, I'm your dad, no matter what the situation is, we're going to fix it, no matter what. Like I said, I had the perfect child, never been in trouble in school, never been in trouble in home, valedictorian, student of the week, eight weeks in a row, honor roll student, never been disrespectful to no one. And, you know, me standing over his body, that's what I felt like. I just had the rail in my hand and I just dropped it. Mm-hmm. And me not keeping my word, telling him that I will always be there to protect him. I will always be there for him. And me knowing like he was trying to get back to me because he believed those words that I always spoke to him. And I feel like I just didn't keep my end of the deal. Like, if I was there, there's no doubt in my mind he would have had to kill me before I would ever let him harm my child. And every day I think about, like, man, I wish I could have been there, or I should have bought him this, or, you know, like, I done been buying him bikes since he was three. So, you know, like, it was just another ordinary day. But, like I said, me feeling like I fed him, like I wasn't there. And at all the places that, you know, I could have been in the world. Like, I just felt like I should have been there. And ain't a day that, that that's what eating me up more than anything because I feel like I told him those words and my son believed anything I say. I could have told him the sky was yellow when he would have went out there and said it was yellow because he had just that much belief and faith in me. And for me not to be able to, to back up what I said, you know, that's why I feel like I failed. Well, I just want you to know something, bro. You, yeah, didn't, you, didn't, you fail. didn't fail. You didn't fail, man. You know, for 
13 years, like you said, you raised a perfect young man and you did everything you could. And sometimes it's things that we can't foresee as human beings. I mean, human nature takes its course to, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. But just listen to the, the level of, you know, level of passion, you know, the manhood, the man that you stand as today, the way that you still fight, those times that I see you walk into those rooms and you demand justice and the way that you, you stand up in that community and the way that you make sure that his legacy is still here and the way that you still fight for justice for him is what you said you was going to do. So you didn't fail, brother. I just want you to know that, man. And you deserve everything. You're a good father, man. And happy Father's Day because you deserve it, King. Yeah, you, you didn't fail. And, and it may not seem like it today, but I've had to have this conversation with a lot of families. Unfortunately, sometimes there's a sacrifice made on behalf of all of us. And Stanley Davis III, SJ, is going to be one to change the way that policing happens, at least in Boynton Beach, but hopefully all over the country and then all over the world. 13 years old, it pulls at the heartstrings. And that's how young he had to be taken so that no one can ignore or make him just another person who was killed by a racist cop. It had to be his age. He had to be the perfect kid that was on the honor roll so they don't come up with all of these excuses to make him a criminal, to make him all of the, the bad things that they try to say, which we would still, I don't care what he, he may or may not have been, we would fight for your son. But all of the things that you have said about him makes him the perfect candidate to sacrifice his life on behalf of all of us to save us. So for this Father's Day, we want you to know that we will be here. We told you that and we meant it. And we will continue to stick with you and your family until the end. Tell folks how they can be helpful. I know you have a petition. What can we all do to support you? I really, his mom been pushing a petition. We just spoke about it earlier. It's just pretty much being vocal, you know, signing a petition, like using your platform, whatever platform is, social media, whatever, using the platform to get out, to, to get the story out. And then, you know, I'm not... No, I'm not a big talker. You know, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, like you like say, even with the Trayvon Martin and things of that nature, just it got to be heard. And it's like it's being heard, but it's not being heard because we still have these same things happening every day. Like the only way I feel like it's going to be changed is if, 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 like you say, they're being arrested or they're taking their pension or if people start getting active. You know what I mean? And I, I know I shouldn't be thinking like that, but that's the only way I feel like it's going to change. We no, can sign no, many no, petitions, no. you know what I mean? At the end of the day, if it, if it, if you got to understand it's a union all across America, the police is a union. So, you know, mm -hmm. my son, a Trayvon Martin or Corey Jones, my childhood friend grew up with in school. Just another, you know, you know the word, you know, it's, it's sad. It's like no matter what we do, it's, not, it's never going to be enough because uh, they got all the right people in the right position to continue mm -hmm. to flip pain. You give us one, okay, you arrest one officer. You got 10 more like them in the same city. That's right. That's right. That's so right. it's like at the end what, of the what? day, I, I don't feel like it's going to really be no change. Yeah.
I hear you, King. Well, I just just want to send you some energy. Yep, positive send energy. Send you some positive energy because I know the devil is always busy in these times, man. But I want you to know that, you know, you definitely are one of those as God's creatures, man, God's children, man. So keep, have faith. Don't ever lose faith, man. Don't ever lose it, man. I know it seems hard. I haven't been having faith. Prior to this, man, I was so happy, man. I have my kid. I do everything with him. Like right now, you know, the summertime, like three of his friends, they back there in the pool. I would have 10 of them here. Can't get rid mm. of them. Every break, you know, it's just like, oh, I, I was so happy, man. You know, just being like, you know, entrepreneur, just teaching my son. Like he was talking about college and, you know, he was like, dad, you know, been to college and you're doing so well. And I was teaching about, you know, things that I own. Like, you don't have to go to college. You choose to go fine. You know, I have a trucking mm-hmm. company. Since this incident happened with my son, I haven't touched the truck, nothing. Don't nobody go out and it's just, you know, my son was into breeding dogs and, you know, I bought him all the dogs. And just recently, last week, I just literally gave them away. I gave away nine dogs. It was like, I can't bear, you know, what I'm going through. And it's just like, well, I'm not happy. I watch my business pretty much, you know, going on. It's just like, I'm, I'm not happy. I don't have a happy moment. You know, my other son, man, you know, I went months without speaking to my son when I had my kids every day. And that's why I say it's just like this, this, this is a- It just destroys the family. Yes, sir. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. But you, you know, keep your head up. Prayers, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, you got to go through it to get through it, man. It's a lot, man. You're dealing with a lot. You got a heavy burden to carry, man. Yeah. But God gives his, his toughest battle to his strongest soldiers, King. So I know it seems tough, but. It's going to, you know, justice. I think justice will help you feel a little, little bit better. So that's what we will be fighting that's for. Fight. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're going to be telling the story of Stanley Davis, the third SJ all over the world. Wherever we go, we will take your son with us. God bless you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey everyone, I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with a Black Effect podcast network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth. 
so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. That's how we own it! Wow. Just hearing the pain is standing... David Jr.'s voice took a lot of my energy. You know, this, usually I'll be locked but just hearing him, and you can tell he's a strong man. He's a strong man. And he and he feels defeated. Like when yeah. you feel like you failed, you that's no man wants to feel like he failed his child. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like to feel like we failed anything. When just knowing that his child is not here and he feel like he failed as a father. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell he's a successful businessman, all these things, but he feel like he failed because he wasn't here. That's that's a lot. Yeah, and I didn't want to make him relive the trauma, but I really wanted to ask him because sometimes it's just important for our people to hear the story and get into the details so we can like own it, like it's our own, so we can go out and tell people the story the same way we do for Breonna Taylor. We should be doing that for him. But I, I when he said my son tried to make it back to me, I remember Shannon um, S J. Stanley Davis the third, he's his he's affectionately known as SJ. I remember her saying that he was going in the direction of 
the house or wherever his dad was. So he was probably trying to make it back to his family before this man ran him off the road. It's just too much. I, I just, I don't even want to talk. So we we dealing with so much death, Ooh, right? Death Our young black everywhere. males are dying. Um, death is everywhere. The brother Trouble, the young rapper from Atlanta. Um, what does he rap about? I mean, who? Because I noticed was, that a just, lot of people was, seem to know him. Um, I actually met Trouble a couple of times with Trey. Trey introduced me to Trouble. In Miami, and I have. Oh my God, Trey has just lost so many. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, He was a good rapper, man. You know, it was street, it was street music. It was based around street music, Um, but he was a positive dude. You could see, you can actually hear him his elevation and evolving into someone who was, you know, becoming more conscious. You know, Mm -hmm. street conscious Mm -hmm. and just being realistic. You know, to hear how he lost his life. Mm You know, gunned down in, in a girl's house she was dealing with by a estranged ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, over... Well, she said, I, I read. I read. And it. I think it was in the police report because that's where it looked like online. But, you know, on the internet, they chop stuff up and do whatever they want. So I can't be sh- too sure. But I read that in her uh, her statement to the police... She mentions that this guy and they were together just a week ago. So when you know when you say estranged and ex, yeah, a week. I mean, I the bottom know. line is he still me, shouldn't have killed him. Yeah, regardless. I mean, the bottom, did you see him when he was being arrested? Like a big dummy. Yeah, it's just I just never been that type. I'm not beating you. I don't even want to fight you over a girl that didn't want me. Like I just I don't know. Everybody is different. Like you know, a lot of us. Haven't learned how to deal with our emotions, how to put those things. If if you go to a girl's house and another man's there, that means she he didn't force his way in there. She let the man in there. So you know. The yeah, fact but that you taking, know when you say, "Well, this is a whole different day's conversation." Yeah, it is because I mean because when I don't, you say uh, somebody that doesn't want me, oftentimes, and I'm not saying I don't know this young lady. She could have been trying to get out of the relationship. I don't know. But sometimes we say somebody, I don't, you know, these things should show a person that I don't, that this, that you're no longer interested, Mm -hmm. but it's the, it's your mannerisms, how you treat a person. And also the things that you say, some things are said, some things just feel a certain way. If you are not very clear with people verbally, emotionally, and physically that you are done People will get the impression that they should be fighting because they believe that there's hope. But so hopefully that this, that's where, not. Where does the hope come after you kill somebody? Well, I mean, where people do crazy things after they feel like whatever. I, mean, I think it's. I can I can hear one hundred percent wrong. I mean, you you break up, you're in a situation. Whatever you don't break up, there's a situation. There's fight, there's anger and all this, but you killing somebody. No way. It just doesn't. You know, the man lost his life over something. That definitely should have been avoided. So I just want to say R.I.P. You know, we, we're losing so many young black men. You know, we're using babies. Police is killing us. We killing us. You know, and um, and that brings me to, you know, this rally, march, meeting that I'm doing in the Bronx this Father's Day that um, I want everybody to be at, you know, and it's called We Must Protect Our Babies. Mm. You know, and it's against all of these things. It's against police violence, it's against black on black violence, it's against 
all the negativity. As men in our communities, we have to take back our communities. You know, it's just things that I've, I've hashtag called coward culture. And it's so many different things going on where men who are supposed to be men are doing things that are so beneath and below what manhood looks like. And what it is, it was established for me that we have to reestablish what manhood looks like, right? We have to go back to when, as men, our parks were safe, where the woman felt safe because there were certain men in our community that they know were there to protect. Even when you were doing hustling or anything, we protected the kids and the babies the and the woman, mm -hmm. and they felt safe. They understood, okay, he might be doing this part over here. He might be hustling, but I know that they're going to protect this community. We're going to help you upstairs with your bag. If you need some money, we're going to give you some groceries. There was a neighborhood. There was community. There was, you know, we, we, we all had different things that we were dealing with. You know, poverty had us in the mind frame where we're trying to figure out how we're going to survive. But we wasn't trying to kill each other. We wasn't trying to take our lives. Our communities were... Well, I don't know about I mean, that. Not as, it was a I lot mean, of killing was, still. There was killing. Just not like today. But it wasn't like today. There was there were unwritten rules. You know, there were unwritten rules that women and children were off limits. That you didn't shoot in parks where kids was. There was, if you had beef, you waited to the nighttime. It, even though it wasn't right, but it was... There was unwritten rules that the, the kids and the women were supposed to be safe and they were supposed to be off limits. And I think, you know, we've moved so far from that that nothing is off limits. You know, and that's why I called this rally in this march on Father's Day because I think it stemmed from me from the young 11-year-old girl who had got shot and killed. And I listened to her father in the Bronx. cry mm -hmm. in the Bronx. And I just listened to her father cry. And just a week before that, a 17-year-old boy was killed in High Bridge, and we did a response in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, and I'm from the Bronx, and I just wanted to convene in the Bronx and call all the fathers to meet us in the Bronx. You don't have to be from the Bronx, but this is just actually where I'm from. You know, it was my community, and I wanted to convene there. So, um, so on this Sunday, we're going to be doing the march. Mm -hmm. It is going to be on Fordham, the Grand Concourse. That's the gathering spot. That's the gathering spot. Um, we're going to all just rally, and we're going to meet. Like I said, we're going to talk about solutions. It's going to be all a lot of different violence interrupters, people who've already been doing this work. Like I said, it's a coalition of a lot of people who've been doing this work. We have SOS. We have RPG. We have Man Up. We have all different organizations that are in the Bronx that I work with on a daily and um, we've all decided that we're going to come together. There'll be people from different sites, not even in the Bronx, worldwide, people who, who reached out. Um, you welcome. Also, there'll probably be sister and brother marches mm -hmm. in different people, other places. You know, other places. But it's just, it's really just us saying that we're taking back our communities, right? You know, like you said, the work has existed. They've been doing this work. It's not new. It's just, I think, the strategy of us unifying, staying together, them, all of them, and then being able to highlight people in their in their particular areas, and we coming to your community and saying, "Hey, this person is part of our our team. We all as a team, and we all pouring resources into that individual, and then we pouring resources into that individual as we come to their communities, 
and we continue to do that. And then it, it's known as this is what it is. You know, and I think that's a, a strategy. And then we also want to incorporate, you know, the help of different artists from the communities mm -hmm. because as an artist, you have a responsibility. And when you're screaming out that block, I'm from this block all day, you have a responsibility to make sure nobody's dying on that block. So we, we want to incorporate artists. We want to make sure that, you know, the radio stations, everybody is involved. If you're not involved in, you know, the stopping of black murder in our communities, then you're not for our communities. So, you know, that's that's going to be one of the main focuses for me and, and, and a lot of different organizations and, uh, with the coalition. And uh, it's going to be on Sunday. You know, Sunday, know. Father's Day, Sunday, Father's 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Gathering, Gathering at, at Fordham Road and Grand Concourse. What is it called? Big Pun Plaza now, they call it. I you didn't know. know that. Yes, they changed the name to Big Pun Plaza. So make sure you're out there Ooh. as we together. And that brings you to it's my hot. I'm hot. I'm on fire. The studio is hot. I'm on fire today. These lights. Woo, it's on fire. Makeup. Spilling. I don't get why I'm so damn hot. Nah, I'm just playing. But um, it, it all it all um, correlates into the same thing. My auto, my I don't get it today is based on a video I see. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't watch the videos um, as much as possible. So. There was these guys. Negative oh no, it was all the way negative. It was I, I seen it like last week, and I was really just sitting here trying to figure out how do I even say something about it. We were just dealing with so many different things, and I had this video. And there's a car chase. A car is driving alongside a guy. He's running with his baby stroller. And it's a kid. What I'm seeing is the kids are watching it on their cell phone. And I guess they see what happened. They're like, yo, look. He chasing him. Look, we got the stroller. He got the stroller. And they laughing. You know. And then at the end of the video, you don't see what happens. You just see the baby inside the garbage can crying. <laughs> Probably about two years old, the baby is inside the garbage can, and the baby's crying, and they're like, whoa, he threw his baby in the garbage, and they're laughing. And I'm just saying... So the people on the video are not associated with the incident? I don't know. I can't tell you whether they are or not, because I don't know how they would have the video if they weren't associated with it. Or maybe they did. Somebody sent it to him. I don't know what it was. But I know that you see the guy running. He has the stroll, and he's running. And they're like, where you going? Where you going? Where you going? And, and they like driving alongside of him as he runs. And you don't see them actually put the kid in the garbage, but there's a picture of the baby upside down and he's crying inside the garbage can. And and I just... Did they kill the guy? I don't know what happened to the guy. Oh, so you don't see that anymore. I don't know what... I just know that the baby was inside the garbage can. That is just... And he was crying. They took so a picture of it and they made it as if they had did the biggest thing. You know, they know not to play with me. And it was some tough, it was some badge of honor. And to me, it was the most coward shit I've ever seen. But every day I say that, right? And it feels like it gets more and more cowardly. Cowardly, I think. Cowardly. cowardly. Now, I don't, I don't even want the L, cowardly. <laughs> you know, it's like, at what point do we say as men, like, I'm not going to stink this way. But I don't even understand the mind state of a man that would throw a baby in the garbage because you got quote unquote some type of beef with the father. Like what when did we move that far from integrity? You know, and these kids is laughing like it was really something funny, like there was something they did. And then people ask, was he right or was they right or wrong? 
for what they did. And I'm like, how, how is that a question? You know, I don't get, I don't... What like, do you mean, uh, the people was asking that they right or wrong? They asked know. on the video, they wrote, was they threw the baby in the garbage, were they right or wrong? Because this is his option. If you catch the baby, whatever it is, it's, it's you know, it's, it's all game, wow. I guess. And, and this is a mind state that we have now. And it's like, for me, we it's anarchy. It's, this is straight... We it's are out of control. There's no level of anything. And I really just don't get it, man. And I'm hoping that we get back to some level. I'm hoping that this march and, you know, yeah. this boycott black murder movement. You movement. Know, I love that. The B BBM movement. And coalition and just connecting with the brothers who've been doing this work and the sisters who've been doing this work and everyone who's been doing this work. And just really coming together under one umbrella with one strategy to make sure that everybody gets the resources and the opportunities and just everything needed to make some significant change, man. I'm just looking forward to that, man. Yeah. I mean, I think the great thing about Boycott Black Murder, where we really are focused on shifting the narrative and forcing corporations, radio stations, artists, individuals, Everybody who has an influence to start really, uh, you know, sort of participating, as you said, in this movement to end the violence, the, the just over, the just like the overwhelming level of violence that's happening in our community and stupidity. Uh, to do that, it's going to take more than one meeting, more than one march. So when people say, why are you guys out there? We have to keep being out there. We can't ever allow it to be that people in the community feel like, oh, well, we just killing and that's it. And that the, the, the robbers and the, and the scammers and the abusers and all of those who are causing this type of environment, that they think that they're just free to roam yeah, and absolutely. that they're not people like us who show up to shine a light on them and to shine a light on their communities. And people in the community need to know that they have support and that they are loved and that folks are here to pay attention. So we're going to keep marching. We're going to keep gathering. We're going to keep meeting and talking about different ways to, uh, you know, to engage in this work. And uh, after we finish marching together, we're going to go to a location that will be announced and feed families on Father's Day, hoping that we get some brothers to come out. Um, and, and get groceries for their family members, very similar to what we did in Buffalo, because there's a mass shooting happening every day just right here. I think it's hypocritical of us to fly to other cities and other places because of, because of, because of, because we feed families and feed people around the nation. We've done it many times, but because of 10 people, 10 of our seniors, our elders being slaughtered in one place, Everybody is going to go there. Everybody is going to bring resources, and we should, and we should, and we have to. But we also have to realize that 10 people have been killed or hurt, murdered, slaughtered, abused, attacked in different pockets of the city just over the weekend that passed, just in the last several days. We have to see that at the same level that we do our seniors outside of a grocery store. And if we bring resources to Buffalo, we've got to bring resources to the Bronx, 
We've got to bring resources to the south side of Chicago. We've got to bring resources to Louisiana, to uh, Latonia, Atlanta. You name the cities where our people are hurting and where where these violent incidents are happening. We got to be there and be present because you know there is mass murder of black people happening everywhere. Yep, like you said, it has to be a culture shift, man. We have to make it not cool. Like you can't be cool for somebody to throw a baby in the dumps. You can't be cool. I, mean, I, I have no for comment. To be for robbing that. kids and shooting. It can't be cool. Like there can't be any level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. There has to be ostracization. Ostracization. No, just be. People you have to be, be ostracized. ostracized. That's right. If you're in the community and you're causing havoc and you're wreaking havoc on our community, so it's a new day. It's a new movement, and we ain't taking no for an answer. And with that said. I'm not going to always be right, but I'm hot as hell. Tamika's not going to always be wrong, but we're going to both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.